Welcome to the Skeptical Auditor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hernan Murdoch. Today on the show, we're joined by Peyton Hahn, Senior Manager of Audit Innovation for Advertising Investments. In this episode, Peyton shares how he used entrepreneurship, creativity, and perseverance to shape his career as an IT auditor. We talk about ways to improve the quality of our communications and how to balance data analytics, audit experience, the power of visualization, and reporting tools to avoid overwhelming our audience. Peyton also shared experiences from one of his most memorable projects, the lessons learned, and some great career advice. All that and more, starting now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Skeptical Auditor. I'm Dr. Hernan Murdoch, and with me today is Peyton Hahn, who is a Senior Manager of Audit Innovation at Fidelity Investments. Welcome, Peyton. Hey, thanks, Hernan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, one of the things that I like to, to talk with auditors and other compliance-minded professionals has to do with how did you end up in this line of work? How did you enter this field? Yeah, yeah. I bet this will be a story that a lot of people in the audit analytics profession can relate to um, because I started an IT audit. So I got my uh -huh. undergrad in um, you know, business information systems, you know, doing technical programming, that kind of thing. Ended up in IT audit uh, out of college and still wanted to kind of flex those programming muscles. And luckily, I had a great uh, colleague who was kind of also interested in this. And so we worked together on these side projects kind of in our free time almost. So I'd rush through and do all my IT audit work as fast as I could. Um, and then I'd use all my extra time to work on these kind of pet projects. And over time, uh, I was able to show that those pet projects are really delivering value uh, to the point where eventually, you know, the chief auditor um, at the firm I was working at decided, hey, we're going to make this your full-time gig. And that is really when it all started for me. <laughs> Very interesting, because uh, one of the things that I, that I like about what you just described is, is that exploration, number one, right? Is, is that exploration of, of, of different things that we can do, and you call it kind of a pet project of sorts, but can we do this? Can we do that? Does this work? Does that work? Why do we find if we try this or try that? And I think that that is a very interesting mindset that we, we need to encourage auditors to engage in because for better or for worse, we have a reputation of being very set in our ways and, and trying to do the same thing over and over again. But the world is changing and the way we audit needs to change. So I think that that's a very interesting takeaway. And of course, the, the focus on Data analytics are also very important. So um, was the organization um, very receptive to that exploration? I guess I'm trying to dig a little bit further into that particular aspect of it, because for me, it's fascinating. And, and I think that uh, it will help us very much if we had an insight into whether or not you had that support or you were kind of doing clandestine operation, trying to do it and then come out out of the dark and say, hey, guess what I found uh, and try to impress them that way. How did that play out? Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a long kind of winding road. You know, when I first took over kind of being, you know, full-time working on audit analytics, it was kind of felt like, you know, let's see if this works or maybe it's not going to work. Uh, it was definitely no guarantee. I definitely felt like there was support, um, you know, to kind of invest in this area, but it was going to be a slow burn, meaning, hey, we're going to put one person on this. He seems to be doing okay. He likes this stuff. We'll see what he can do. And then we'll reevaluate and see where we go moving forward. Over time, mm -hmm. as we continue to grow and, and really show the value, you know, eventually I was able to develop a whole team that I led of four people 
working full-time on audit analytics. And it became, I mean, it was 25% of our team uh, with an audit was dedicated to this. So over, it took a long time to get there, but you know, we slowly chipped away until it was really clear that this needed to be, you know, as, you know, supported and important as every other part of internal audit. All right. So, so persistence, uh, very important takeaway there as well. And, and uh, a word to managers and leaders within internal audit to also be willing to 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 give a little bit of space and room for people to explore and to try new things because you may be pleasantly surprised like your manager was at that time. So that was very, very helpful there. So when we're thinking about data analytics and all of the number crunching that goes on, we find out these answers. And, and I found that it's very important that we find better ways of communicating not only what we're doing, but what the value proposition is for, for the results. What does the answer mean? So how do you make, uh, what do you make of this dynamic in terms of communication and what can we do to improve audit communications? Right. Yeah, this uh, is, is very critical. If you can't communicate what you've done or the value that it adds, people are not going to really pay attention to what you're doing, no matter how great it is. So we have to be able to communicate this. How do we do that? Well, a couple things we can really do to help is we need to break it down into simple terms. Think through what mm -hmm. you would say to someone who understands the technology, but then break it down from there to say, okay, let's assume they don't understand any of this technology stuff and explain it to them in audit terms, explain it to terms that auditors will understand. You know, here's how many people were in the population, here's how many we tested, this was the exception rate, and you know, here's a couple root causes that we found as we were looking into this. Break it down in those kind of audit terms, you know, things that'll feel very familiar. And that's why I think it's very important that people that are in audit analytics not only have the analytics side of experience, but audit experience. When I was building my team, you know, I would assign them to audit projects to just be auditors because then they understand they can live in those shoes and come from their perspective. So meet the people you're commuting, uh, communicating to where they are, meet them halfway. Yes, they can learn a couple of things while they're working with you. That was really important as well. But also understand that if you are trying to get through to them, you need to communicate in terms that they understand. I like, I like to think in terms of a, a barbecue or, or, or a cocktail party where you may be meeting different people and some of them may be a, uh, very much uh, in depth in, in the line of work that you are in. They understand the lingo, the jargon, the, the, the goals and objectives and approaches and so on. And then you have other people who don't. And they may ask you, well, what do you do? And, and, and uh, how does that work? And, and so on. And you have to find different ways of explaining the same thing. And, and I believe that that is probably a good thing to also keep in mind when we're looking at what you're describing is understanding the audience and understanding that within the same organization, you have different groups that may have different levels of knowledge and being able to explain the same thing differently so that every one of them understands it. I think it's a very important skill to try to develop. So I, I definitely encourage that among professionals. When it comes to, to communications, I, again, uh, we, we talk about the, the verbal uh, exchanges and so on, but what do you see in terms of reporting? Do you find reports uh, getting uh, being different in, in terms of how they're presented? When I started, they were very text-heavy. A lot of them now have graphs and charts and so on. What are some of the dynamics around communication in written form about the results of our work? 
Yeah, I do think there's there's certainly a movement towards more visualization, more dashboarding, using more high tech analytics, you know, reporting tools, visualizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's also worth keeping in mind when you're going to build, you know, more reporting like that, that you also don't want to overwhelm either. You know, a picture's worth a thousand mm-hmm. words, yes, but a thousand pictures is not necessarily worth ten million words. You know, you have to pick. <laughs> you know, what is critical and get your point across still succinctly, um, you know, just because we're using, you know, reporting tools does not give us uh, the excuse to, you know, not be concise, get the point across, Mm -hmm. a picture can do that very, very well. But you also have to be, you know, mindful of of the reports that you're choosing. But I do think we are moving towards more visualization, uh, but we got to be smart about it, too. Peyton, I, I am wondering, and, and here's a, a question that I'm going to pose to you. So if you have the choice of building a pie chart and you're going to have 25 data points, is it okay to build a pie chart with 25 slices? I would recommend not doing that because it's going to be extremely, <laughs> uh, you have to get the magnifying glass out to try to read that thing. Um, and you're going to run out of colors to use too. So um, yeah, pie chart. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have to think about what you're, you know, what you're building, what's the use case. You can't just throw a pie chart at everything. So um, I definitely think, you know, there are lots of great books, lots of great resources about what charts to use and when. And these newer tools mm-hmm. also will even look at your data and say, hey, it looks like you're kind of, you know, categorizing, you know, using one kind of, uh, you know, quantifiable uh, and one that's like, you know, quality and a quantity type of metric. And you're trying to kind of graph those. Here's some graphs that are great for that use case. And so there's a lot built in to kind of help you make sure you're using the right charts for the right thing. Excellent. Very good. Peyton, uh, thank you very much for that uh, clarification and, and telling us about the tools available to us as well, uh, because definitely that is something we need to be very careful about, not to overwhelm the, view, the viewer or the reader. Uh, uh, our constituents need to understand what they need to understand, and, and otherwise we can confuse them and, and miss the opportunity to to. Uh, turn this into a call to action. So uh, we need to take a short break, but when we come back, I I would like to to ask a few other questions about some of your experiences as you built your career in data analytics. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by ACI Learning. Are you looking for CPE credits, professional development to continue your education or a custom team training solution? Here at ACI Learning, we've been building high quality training for over 40 years, meeting the needs of every learner. Our training solutions will keep you and your team engaged and motivated to learn, helping students stay sharp in their field and better serve the organization. Join thousands of global audit risk and compliance professionals. Visit acilearning.com to find out how we're disrupting the audit learning space. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us as we continue our conversation with Peyton Han. So, Peyton, uh, as we're thinking in terms of projects, and I have so many different stories from different products I've worked on over the years, I am wondering uh, if you have and you're willing to share with us uh, the best and worst project that you have worked on and uh, what happened there. Yeah, no, I love this question. And uh, interestingly enough, I would have to say they're the same project. So great, best in some ways, worst in some ways. So I'll start with the best. Okay. This project uh-huh. was really interesting. It was a uh, data visualization, continuous uh, assurance dashboard related to kind of sales metrics, sales activities, uh, things of that nature, just looking for high risk activities. 
And the reason this was such a great project was it really moved audit analytics forward. It really um, brought a lot of attention to what we were doing because we were bringing uh, a, techno a technology-driven approach to a problem that we were having within our company. That was not just a, you know, an audit issue. This was something that was getting attention from executives across the company. So mm -hmm. it was great to be able to try to solve a big problem. And we did a, you know, had a really great job, had a really great team uh, that, that I led that we worked on this, built this really great dashboard that everyone loved. And it was so awesome. And we went uh, across the company kind of on a road show, showing this thing off because, you know, it was really kind of validating all this investment, not only in audit analytics, um, but in these tools that we were using to build the dashboard as well. So it was really great from that perspective. It was high visibility. It was adding tons of value. It was solving a big problem um, that management was having. And for all those reasons, it was one of the best projects uh, I've ever worked on. But then once we got through all the fun of doing the road show and everyone patting each other on the back, um, management wanted to use this tool. You know, they wanted to own this tool. This was going to be something mm -hmm. that you know, they wanted to use to really monitor their risk. And so we went to go kind of work on this handoff and that's when it became very complicated. So, mm. you know, all these questions about who's going to maintain it, who supports it from a technology perspective, you know, is audit going to support it? We built it, but management really wants to own it. And what does that mean? All these questions that, you know, because it was, this was such a step forward, it was so new, it was so innovative at the time. These were questions that no one had thought about before. And so we, went through the trials and tribulations of finding the answers. And, and we certainly did that the hard way. And then what ultimately ended up happening was, um, you know, audit continued to support, um, you know, every little change, every little new thing. We, we had to support that. Um, and we had just gone on our big roadshow in front of every executive saying that we were going to basically keep this thing functional. So we really got caught in a tough spot there um, <laughs> where we really didn't have much of a choice. And so it made it very hard to scale that approach because if you're trying to support tool, you can't be the IT support team for every team, right? And so we learned through this, all these, you know, very important guardrails to put in place when you're moving from continuous auditing to continuous monitoring, making sure the roles and responsibilities are really clearly defined and that people are going to step up to the plate uh, to make sure that it all happens smoothly. So for that reason, I would say it, it was certainly the project I learned the most from, I would say, moving forward. This is very interesting and so many takeaways uh, from it. And, and I like the way you summarized it and also the lessons learned from it, right, in terms of the roles, the expectations. Uh, and, and we have been hearing in the profession for so long now that we need to be more collaborative and we need to demonstrate the value. But sometimes we don't spend enough time talking about some of these potential uh, situations that can emerge where who's going to maintain it going forward. And we need to clarify those expectations early on and, and have a good answer. So uh, independence matters, uh, but we want to add value as well. So it's a bit of a, a, a dance we need to be able to, to, to have there with management in terms of understanding what roles we're going to play and how we're going to define all of those things. Now, the other thing that I like to highlight, you mentioned roadshow. And, and that's a concept that I believe maybe more uh, auditors should embrace uh, in their organizations in terms of showing off what we do. We, we do so much good work. And, and quite often, we limit ourselves only to the report that we publish at the end of every engagement. And while that is very important, 
but I, I believe that there's more opportunity there to 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 engage with the uh, individuals within the organization talk with them, not just talk to them, but talk with them and show them what we're doing and, 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 and present ourselves in a way that we're inviting and we encourage conversation with them so that even when they're not being audited, hopefully they'll come to us and we can help give some ideas uh, as well. So uh, I think that that's a great takeaway. So when we're thinking about career management, and there are a lot of people who are looking at data analytics and data mining and, and data scientists uh, uh, roles within organizations and saying, that looks like it has a lot of future potential. Uh, and I may be interested in doing what Peyton is doing. So from that perspective, what kind of career advice would you give people who are contemplating digging deeper into this space? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Where do I even start? So. <laughs> um, a couple things. One is 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 understand and accept that that there's no matter where you are in your career, there's opportunity. There's opportunity to make the switch if you are wanting to pursue it. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier. You know, when I got started, it was working in my free time. It was sometimes staying late to work on my pet projects because I believed in what I was doing. I knew these were skills I needed to develop, and I could see that this was going to be so important in the future. And if you see that future then you know, spend the time, make the investment, uh, commit yourself to learning the skills, work finding those pet projects where you can apply it. If you're already into your audit career and maybe there's someone in your department that already does data analytics, partner with them. I mean, the people that, I, that I've worked with that develop data analytics, maybe not being committed to it, are the people that you know, are working closely with me and, and asking questions about how do we get this data? Where's it coming from? What are you doing with it? What are the languages, what are the tools, all those kinds of things you can learn, um, kind of dip your toe in the water just by working closely with the people that are doing it now. Um, you know, on top of that, like I mentioned, there are so many great educational uh, opportunities out there, whether you want to go to YouTube or you want to, you know, ACI Learning uh, or any other, you know, learning uh, platform that, you know, there are tons of ways to learn these skills and tons of ways to apply them within audit. So you just have to make the decision to get started. Um, and that's that's my biggest piece of advice is just get started. Take the first step. Um, don't overthink it. If this is something you want, go pursue it and you will find opportunities as you go. You know, Peyton, it's an interesting thing that you said there when you talked about uh, doing certain things on your free time. And, and I remember earlier in my career, a similar thing happened in terms of, uh, because a lot of my career was in terms of operations and operations management and operation auditing, but understanding processes. And the organization where I worked was going through re-engineering and I got involved in that project. And there was a lot of time spent working with the consultants and looking at how our processes were built and working and, and, and redrawing all of of that. And it was a lot of extra time and effort that was put into it. And I still had my regular job to do. And there were times when it, it, it came across as if, well, why are you spending all this time? You're, it's, it's almost like you're not getting paid, right? And it, I wasn't. I mean, salary and, and of course, you calculate your daily, uh, your hourly rate and all of these other things come to mind. But my mindset was set on learning and having the exposure to these people who were coming in to review the processes. And they had a very interesting perspective and approach to things. And I said to myself, well, let me see how much I can learn from this. And though it was a big sacrifice, I thought it was worthwhile. And indeed it was. And you touch on something very similar uh, in terms of your advice, that don't be too shy to take on projects. Because even though if you're not getting paid monetarily, 
uh, in the short run, you're probably going to get paid in many different ways and maybe multiple ways in the future. So it's an investment. And think about that from that perspective and how an investment in yourself is the best investment you can make. So I, I definitely uh, echo what you just said there. So uh, any last thoughts uh, for individuals who are looking at data analytics and the dynamics that are playing out today and in the future that you would like to leave us with before we're finished up today? Yeah, just thought that was so well said, Hernan. And I, I think, you know, I, I'll speak to managers right now just because I've been in those shoes before. And, and along the lines of what we just talked about, allow that time, make time, tell your team it's okay, spend whatever 10% or something of your time in something you're interested in. Because when you see what your team is using that time on, you're going to see what they love, what they're passionate about, where they're going to excel and learn new skills to bring back to the team. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. So you got to make that time for learning new things. Peyton, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation today, and I hope that we can do this again sometime in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Skeptical Auditor Podcast, and a big thank you to our guest, Peyton Hahn. If you're looking for more ways to stay ahead of the curve and earn CPEs, check out Audit Pro TV On Demand, subscription learning for auditors by auditors. Visit acilearning.com slash audit pro TV.